and welcome to Imagine Me and Are You Penguin Drum. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? Hello! 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 Was that your impression doing... of me? Um, it wasn't until you said that, and now it is, retroactively, because I control time. I'm doing pretty good. I've got tea, and I've got my awesome Indonesian cappuccino candies from Ooh. Asian Market. They rule. That sounds tasty. Life is good, except <laughs> when, when Ikihara isn't bullying me personally, which <laughs> happened today. Oh boy, uh, and we are also here with Cass. Hi, Cass. Hello. How are Hello. you? I am a little sleepy, but I am doing okay. And we are here today to talk about episode four of Mawaru Penguin Drum, Dissension of a Princess. How's everyone feeling about this episode? Temperature check. Slowly closing my eyes, nodding and going, yes, this episode (laughs) happened. Okay, interesting. Alice? So I'm kind of... It's two different reactions that are happening simultaneously parallel to each other. One okay. is, and this is the least intense Ikikuni thing I've ever watched. <laughs> it is a lot more chill than literally anything else. Like, I thought that Sailor Moon was the chillest he got, and the uh, seasons of Sailor Moon that he did were more intense than this. I feel like you're going to eat those words later. I'm sure I will. I'm feeling like this is going to be a long, it's going to get just as wild, but it's going to take longer to do that than I'm used to from CUNY stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I, have per- I have a perfect reaction for what this episode is. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the part of when they, of when they cry before someone dies, before you know it's a horror anime. It has been zero episodes since we <laughs> brought up When They Cry. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, Cass. Absolutely. I had not thought of that, but like, you're absolutely yeah. right. I mean, we, we even have a pointless scene in a diner that exists just to show off cute character designs. <laughs> yes. So it, it's the maximum When They Cry experience. And the other reaction I'm having here is this specific episode, wow. This episode, like, you know that meme where it's, like, Spongebob doing the weird thing? It's, like, making fun of somebody saying something and, like, capitalizing every three letters. Mm-hmm. This episode felt like it was doing that about about 20% of the, of the times I have talked on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically making fun of me for my whole thing about the way that CUNY uses the fairy tales, the Western fairy tale aesthetic. <laughs> It's like, no, no, this is what would happen if I actually did that. Like, you know what? You're right. I'll eat crow. This is actually what it would have would look like. (laughs) Just wow, man. You just get just running me over out here, especially because what's even better about it from that perspective is that I looked like we'll get to it. But there's a bit in here where teacher guy gave me like weird flashbacks to the picture of Ikuni crossplaying as Sailor Mars. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm like did you did you do this did you did you did you like get dolled up and have yourself drawn into this anime specifically to to troll me yes yeah this was an attack on you personally i will be avenged in this life or the next <laughs> I discovered something in between the recording of the last episode and this one. What did you, you guys discover? Like to know. So, do either of you know what Mawaru means? No, actually, I don't. I think it's isn't it some kind of like something to do with the actual like drum? It no. means spin. I was about to say oh. Mawaru is spin. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's like a spinning drum. Spinning That's penguin drum. And, I mean, you'll notice there's, like, a lot of spinning in this show. Like, especially, I noticed after knowing this, watching the opening credits, like, everything is just spinning in the opening credits. We can make it a sphere or rotate it slightly. Yeah. Like, they even managed to do a spin for the the run cycle for yeah. uh, Shoma, Kanba, and Himari, so. there, There's so much of the show that there's like a spinning motif uh so i just 
that was a fun fun thing that I learned because I was telling someone about this show and I realized that I didn't know what Mawaru meant, so I looked it up. Penguin drum. It's spinny. <laughs> uh, so I guess we can start the episode. All right, we begin on trash and cat and skunk. Yep. The plot of today's episode is home cooking ruined by skunks. So making lunch at 8 a.m., I am assuming this is on a Saturday. Or a I think so. Yeah, Why it's, would it's, anyone it's be up this early on a Saturday? I'm usually up at this time on a Saturday. That is inhuman. See, the boys are, the, the boys are still asleep at 8 a.m. Like, that, that, they're the ones who should, are, like, rational here. Yeah, Shoma uh, has just woken up, and he is in full pajamas, including a hat. It's very good and funny. And <laughs> he he comes out, and he's like, sorry, I overslept. And then he suddenly realizes that Ringo, Ringo, in the kitchen. Ringo is in his kitchen, and the scene cuts very abruptly to the cat and the skunk we referenced earlier, and the skunk sprays in the cat's face and then we get our our opening sequence get a lot of physical humor in this episode with the yep. skunk I, I admire your your okay you're talking about the skunk i thought you were talking about the penguin i was like i admire your cat oh yeah i mean we do get we get multiple penguin jokes and we will talk about them as they occur yeah <laughs> Let's see. Let's count the spinnies in this opening. So we've had an apple fall, a rotating drop, yes, rotating bears. bears, the hands forming a circle, Himari slowly rotating again. I know she doesn't actually do a rotation. No, she just falls. Uh, the shadow on the uh, train station gate rotates. The penguin head. The penguin thing rotates. The diary was spinning through the air. Ringo does a turnaround. There's a there's a spinning shot here to introduce this character we don't know yet. If you look at the patterns, they all kind of either actually rotate or they uh, tessellate in a way that kind of makes it yeah yeah rotating bullets. Are those bullets? I thought they were bullets. I thought they were droppers. Okay. I mean, anyway, there's a rockhopper penguin we haven't met yet. Yeah. Oh, there's a dark penguin. Rotating apple. And as we've established, that has something to do with Night on the Galactic Railroad. So they are watching a cooking show. And apparently, God, this shot of Mari's little forehead just glowing. It's amazing. So apparently the reason Ringo came over is she needed to learn from Himari how to make fried eggs for a bento. By the way, as a side note, the um, they're watching a little Japanese um, cooking show kind of slash variety talk show. Mm-hmm. Those things rule, and if you ever get the chance to watch them, they are an experience you will not get on American TV, and they're very good. <laughs> Highly recommend. Shoma asks what uh, the bento is for, and Himari says it's for a date, right, Ringo? Which just flusters Ringo just a little tiny bit. I think that is uh, Penguin 2 chasing Penguin 3 in the background slash foreground there with Chopsticks desperately trying to get his hands on the food. Yeah, it was some of the rolled eggs. We actually got a chance to eat uh, Omarice this weekend. But apparently, Show helped them learn the fried egg, which is a callback to episode one. Because yes. remember, he was the one who mastered that recipe. Oh my god, Penguin one, 2 started to eat Penguin 3. What the fuck? Yeah, this was full-on Penguin 4 that Ikuhara is making us look at. <laughs> yeah, that's not the kinkiest thing he's made me look at. No, anyway, but it's still bad. It's it's barely even registered. It's just being played for laughs, but this is actually a psychological horror episode because... One of these three people in the room is aware that Ringo is stalking a friend of the family. (laughs) It's not poor Himari. Yeah, Sho acknowledges that this isn't a date. Like, she is stalking this older man, and it is not nice at all that she is trying to make him this bento. Would you say it? she's hell bento? No. No. Get out. <laughs> Kanba tries some of the food and says that it's really good and compliments show on living up to the role of a housewife. Why does anime talk about being a housewife so goddamn much? Because there is an entire specific cultural stereotype associated with I, it. I know, but it's just like 
it's starting to really get to me because I feel like every single show I, I, I watch that's anime, it's like the the now ghost of Shinzo Abe trying to get <laughs> someone to breed. I know that you don't understand this because your mom is a girl boss, but like, this is a real thing. My mother would burn a salad. So, no, that's probably why I'm, oh God, that's probably why she subjected to me to all that. Fascinating. We're having some breakthroughs here. Welcome to Epiphanies with Alice. So I have some unfortunate news for the both of you regarding this episode. I'm actually a Ringo stan now. Honestly, after this episode, she uh, is cemented in my mind that Ringo is deeply fucked up. But also, she is, she's a kid. She seems like a really lonely kid. Less of a like, yandere gonna stab you and more of a Oh, you're a neglected child who has really attached yourself to a nice, a nice like. Ringo is something. shitty in the same way that every teenager is shitty. It's just that in her case, without anywhere, without a stable home environment to kind of like build that shittiness around, instead of rebelling against her parents like a normal teenager, she's just thrown everything into her parasocial relationship with this kid who, with like this like twenty year old who. Like, she remembers being hot when she was a kid. Yeah, I support women's wrongs. <laughs> so that's why I like Ringo now. Well, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I after this episode, I actually decided that I kind of like Ringo, too. Okay. I'm glad we're all, we're all together on this. Speaking of our new protagonist, Ringo, who this show is actually about, <laughs> uh, Kanba very slickly asks her uh, where she's going to do birdwatching today. And when she answers uh, Wadazuka Park, he just goes, oh, what a coincidence. Show is heading there, too. And show immediately almost blows the cover on this obvious subterfuge by going, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Only to get yanked away and told, like, hey, check, check her bag. Check her bag. Find the penguin drum. Yeah, find the penguin drum. Also, Ringo's bag has a little octopus and starfish on it because she cannot stop with the ocean theme. My guess is that, you know how, or I don't know if this was an experience that y'all had. Like, when, like, you like something as a kid and your parents are like, oh, child likes this thing. And you get gifts related to that no matter what for, like, the rest of your life, even if, like, you are you know, in you your out of it. almost yeah. 30s and you haven't talked to your mom about Batman in like 15 years. See, I stopped getting gifts that were tailored to things I actually liked around age 11. My mom is big on stocking stuffers. So like she yeah, won't... I, I've gotten very thoughtful, very sweet gifts. Alice can attest that I've cried for the last two Christmas presents I got from my parents because... They were so thoughtful, but they started like about when I was 12 or 13 was when I started like hyper fixating on certain kinds of media and my parents were a little bit weirded out by that. So they would deliberately avoid giving me anything that could feed that. That's fair. My mom just like, I liked Batman when I was a kid. So I inevitably get like some sort of like little Batman like figurine or bank or something in my stocking from my mom at Christmas and I'm like okay <laughs> like I appreciate the thought <laughs> yeah but I, what I was getting at is I feel like Ringo like she probably liked fish and like going to the aquarium when she was a kid and that just became the thing that her that, family that's your associated with her whether you wanted to be or not and yeah. so like that's why her room is decorated all like that why she's got like all these little trinkets and stuff is because that just became her like defining feature and you know whether she is still into fish or not i don't think we actually know right now other than like we see it as sort of her mind palace but you know I don't know that she has actually expressed any affinity for sea critters outside of being associated with it as an aesthetic. She has not, but also I think that my guess is that she genuinely does like it, and I will give a case for that later if you want, because we have a lot of episodes. Oh, I believe you. I just am, I'm, you know, we're in episode four. I'm just coming up with silly fan theories. Oh yeah. No, I, I completely, I also have one. So Kanba just tells show. Good luck. Uh, we're all counting on you. No pressure. And <laughs> she was just like, number one, God is gonna fuck you up for this. 
the line is you're due for real divine retribution someday. Number two, hey, why aren't you coming with? And Kanban starts making excuses about like, I've got, you know, business. I got gigolo stuff to do. <laughs> kind of that, yeah. Yeah, Show immediately assumes that it's because Kanba is seeing a girl. And I mean, yeah, technically not wrong, but we are seeing a news report on the TV about a stolen skunk, which uh, we saw the skunk earlier in the episode. I don't, none of these characters did, but we did. And the skunk is going to play a running role in this episode. Yep. Uh, I just realized that Ringo's shirt has the word birdie on it. Oh. She's been bird watching. Yeah. I know she's a huge fan of not yet made when this anime was being aired anime Birdie Wing, which I need to check out because people keep telling me it's good. <laughs> I've heard of that one. The skunk was someone's pet and is named Kiyoshi. I think in the English dub, they changed the skunk's name to Yoshio. I part of me wonders if they did that because in the Anglosphere, the name Kiyoshi is associated with Avatar The Last Airbender. I was about to say. Wait, hold up. That's what you associate that with? Yeah? What do you associate Kiyoshi with? Like, I know it's a different name, but my first thought was was the Dark Gundam. Even okay. though it's Kyoji. I know, but it's so close that I had to go look it I up was... to make sure. No, they are the Kyoshi Warriors and Kyoshi, like the former Avatar in Avatar the Last Airbender, a very yeah, popular character. Kiyoshi and not Kyoji. The meme is Kyoji. <laughs> that doesn't we have to alright, I'm sorry for shutting it down. Yeah. We <laughs> getting aired instead. <laughs> So I can explain me. I can't believe Big Steppy is taking over this podcast again. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that is what I associate with Kiyoshi. Kiyoshi the skunk. Anyway, we're on a train again. It's time to go to Okikubo. This is the line we seem to be running almost all the time because it goes presumably toward Tabaki's house. Mm-hmm. And it's time for our double H preview for the day while uh, Show and Ringo talk and Show brings up the idea of fate. Kind of like questioning why uh, Ringo mentioned it before. And today's little uh, PSA from the double H girls is uh, don't do luggage theft. Wait, are the, is this supposed to be like, I'm sorry, but is this the um, like, like the notes, the challenges in Uthana? Because there's always that moment that's the weird, like, I'm getting, like, a Shadow guy, a shadow Girl's vibe. Oh, yeah, that. I mean, they're, defini- they're definitely, like, like, the version of the Shadow Girls. Like, we're stuck show. in this place that is real, but also this sort of weird, like, liminal, unreal kind of space where we get a sort of pantomime that is going to maybe foreshadow what is about to occur. It, I'm sorry, it just hit me that, like, yeah, it, it's a similar pattern. Yeah, they're kind of like the Shadow Girls. The, the the Double H Girls are, in fact, thematically relevant to whatever the ensuing episode is. Anyway, Ringo says it's a very important mission. Failure is not an option as Penguin number one begins eating a bento. Oh, that's probably Penguin number two. Penguin number two, excuse me. Yeah, Penguin number one is going to be doing some other crimes this episode, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, much more severe than lunch theft. Penguin yeah. number two is is the good one. <laughs> Penguin, Penguin number two's only crime this episode is being a good boy. Anyway, it's time for a flashback. At the Takakura house, night, living room, brothers in secret meeting. What's the connection between Ringo and Penguin Drum? Number two's head is hot, but indoors. So what does number two's head endure, you ask? Being the uh, stand for a cup of tea and saucer. <laughs> Kanbate number two. For poor... Poor Kanbate. God damn it. Kanba's drinking off of number two. Yeah. It's not even Shoba who is kind of number two's uh sort of keeper. It's it's fucking Kanba. It's just an asshole. The two are pretty convinced that Ringo's diary has something to do with the penguin drum, but they're not sure exactly what. But they assume somehow it'll be it's better than nothing. And they haven't found anything else that could be the penguin drum. 
So it must be something Ringo always has. The problem is getting at it. And they see on the train. Cavs, what do they see? HSK's next performance, The Tragedy of M. It's a Marie Antoinette related um, stage play, it looks like. It's very Rosa Versailles. It is. Uh, specifically, this looks like a Takarazuka style performance. Yep. yep. Very. Yeah, it's it's Takarazuka. And oh god, I am in. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can even see the, uh, the little extra portraits of uh yeah that, that is takarazuka you can actually tell when it's close so it's great oh yeah i mean it's definitely like love says the caption on the uh poster will their love be allowed which just activates all of ringo's gremlin senses and y'all want to describe this i do so um ringo is having a dream sequence uh, a vision sequence and they're kind of it's playing out almost like paper dolls the way that it's styled and it's what is the teacher's name to topic he is on a horse in like a prince costume and the caption says dazzling the stage prince tabuki you will note that it's the two rows of like courtiers spiking them are just the lead actress from the Takarazuka poster as well, which is such a funny touch. Also, they are just still on the train, but in like a fantasy way. And he's, yeah. he says to Ringo, sorry for making you wait, my princess. And he gets down on a knee and uh, Ringo is magically in a dress. And he says, today is a commemorable day for us. Fear not. The horse rears up, and the two of them fly forth to the Eden of eternal happiness. The horse has turned into a rocking horse, which is such a great fucking joke. Also, this whole scene has been uh, surrounded by, like, a little ornate frame. Yep, with kind of a seashell pattern, actually. It's literally, this is literally an extended joke about both Rosa Versailles and Uthana, like, at the same time, it feels like. Yep. Anyway, Ringo will follow Tabuki to the ends of the earth, she declares, which she is doing out loud while standing on Penguin 2's head. You see what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Just show trying very desperately to look like he's... Oh, by the way, we're going to Higashi Koenji now. So, uh, welcome to Watazuka Park. And they're gonna meet up by the fountain. At ten. And Ringo seems to have timed this. So, uh, you can kind of infer from that and a couple of other things that'll be happening in a bit, that her diary does have these things more or less plotted out by actual timestamp. Mm-hmm. Uh, show off first to carry Ringo's bag, making kind of a very weak excuse. Yeah, she, like, offers to take the food, and he's like, no, like, I'll carry it. And she's like, um, why? And he's like, oh, you know. Yeah. Meanwhile, unfortunately for both of them, Penguin Number Two has decided to ruin everyone's day by spraying bug spray on the tail of what is about to turn out to be Kiyoshi, who he attempts to eat, getting Ringo sprayed and apparently killing a bunch of birds. Ringo is freaking out, and she and Sho are both like covering their noses. And their eyes are watering. Their line art fully gets sloppier deliberately to convey how disheveled they are in this moment. This happens several times in the episode. It is extremely good and I like it. Yes. So Ringo just decides, I have something important to do today and you're here. So, uh, hey, show, give me your clothes. (laughs) Which show lets her get away with. They have swapped clothes in the next scene. Also, Penguin number two is having his own swimming anime as he dives into the pool and starts eating what are definitely not supposed to be fishable koi. (laughs) And Shoma is, like, totally dissing Tabuki's outside-of-school fashion sense. And, I mean, I guess it's warranted. He's in, like, a a button-up shirt with, like, a dad vest. Guy is going birding, and he looks like it, in the worst way possible. Tabuki asks if she's with her boyfriend, and 
Ringo scrambles to deny that she and Sho are together. And she denies it so hard that she loops around to dissing Sho multiple times in this sequence. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, he's so annoying. He insisted upon coming with me. But he's not welcome, right? And Tawaki, oblivious as always, is like, no, fellow bird lovers are always welcome in my wonderful bird world. Uh, And I believe in the English dub, he says something about Shoma having a fashionable shirt, which I think is really funny knowing now that it says bird on it. Yep. Not to mention, so this is where Ringo discovers that uh, Sho is Tabaki's student, which annoys the bejeebus out of her, which, because it means it's harder to get rid of him. So she just says, oh yeah, this idiot fell in manure the other day. That's why he stinks. Yeah, Tabaki mentions his, uh, he smells something, and Ringo, of course, immediately pivots to blaming Sho. No, she's just like blaring... You fell in manure yesterday, and also you jumped in a turtle pond that hadn't been cleaned in six weeks. <laughs> I told him not to come because he stinks, but he refused to listen! Which, and then accuses him of being a stalker, which is hilarious <laughs> on multiple levels, because A, wow, B, she's not actually wrong! <laughs> oh yeah, this is where we get the line where Tabuki says that Sho is wearing a Q-shirt. Yeah, I'm just like, it's a very cute shirt he's wearing. This teacher is so, so goddamn dumb. Oh, he's a stalker? Oh, that's that's sad. His shirt's nice. And then from off screen, we hear, oh, we're with a cute couple today. And it's our girl. It is Tabaki's fiance. He introduces her as an old friend. So he has known her for a long time. And we finally get her name. Her name is Yuri Tokikago. And she is in a cute little sundress and a hat. We get a brief flashback. Ringo, Tabuki's apartment, in front of Tabuki's room. Frightening. Reality faces Ringo. I wanted to forget it. Yes, that woman was in his room. Yup. We see Ringo's distorted memory of uh, the event. And instead of just being met at the door at Tabuki's apartment uh, by Yuri, uh, it is both... Tabuki and Yuri greeting her with curry and inviting her to eat curry with them. And Tabuki is wearing a bib with a little piggy on it, which is hilarious. Uh, Ringo's line art briefly went crazy for a second there, and it was great. And apparently Yuri is actually an actress, which prompts the best sequence in the episode. Yeah, she is the prima donna of the sunshiny opera troupe. And two people randomly come up to ask her about it. Yeah, she is uh, randomly spotted by, I guess, fans at this park. And they're honored to meet her. And they mention hoping that she that she's going to play Marie in the next performance. So she is in the Takarazuka Theater that was advertised on the train. Yeah, it it is then that Ringo realizes that this is... The, the more femme woman that was on the Takarazuka advertisement on the train. Specifically playing the role of what I think is supposed to be Marie Antoinette. I believe so as well. Anyway, it's time for the fucking, it's time for the show to be a musical. We get another fantasy sequence with like the paper cutout figures. And let me say... Listeners, you may remember previous guests on this show, Fukiko, who was on a Friends Like That episode. This version of Yuri in the fantasy sequence where she is in like a Takarazuka play, this is just what Fukiko looks like. I sent a picture of this to my friend Fukiko and said like, I can't believe that you're in this anime and you did not tell me. And she's like, oh shit, you're not kidding. And she is a big fan of Takarazuka, so I guess it's fitting. But uh, also, notably, in the English dub of this, they did not attempt to translate the Japanese songs. All of the songs are still in Japanese for the English dub. And then, like, there are occasional bits of dialogue spoken by, like, Ringo or whatever during song scenes. And those are in English, but the songs themselves are in Japanese. Yeah, it's harder to do that. 
I think it's better that way. Beautiful though. This is so Ringo is imagining an entire musical introduction for Yuri as she descends the staircase of a palatial estate, flanked by more courtiers who again are just the guy from the poster. As she takes on the role of Marie, uh, Ringo snarks that this is ridiculous because it's happening in the middle of her fantasy, which is a whole thing. And Ringo turns into a frog. (laughs) Yup. And Yuri calls Tabuki a bird prince, a wonderful bird prince. You know, I just realized why Tabuki looks like that. It's because the original was a Tucker's or that, them. I can never say that word properly. Takarazuka. Thank you. Add, and that's why he looks the way he does. Yeah, he has the kind he of lips, lipstick and uh, makeup look. Yeah, I literally just got that because I'm <laughs> extremely dense. And of course, Ringo is uh, freaking out. <laughs> and uh, Shoma is like, what? And Mr. Topaki is like, uh, okay. God, I'm just this whole episode. It's beautiful. So cut to Z family, a diner where Penguin number one immediately commits a sex crime. He just is... <sighs> would you like to describe this or should I? You can you can take this one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank you. I will I will make it quick. Penguin number one's entire head is wedged up the skirt of a woman who is working at this diner. Wait, is that a skirt or is it like the? Um, it's like an apron, but it's an like, apron. Like, but like that is a that is a skirt. Like that's not a wraparound apron. That is her actual skirt. That's oh, her okay. Apron. Yeah. And gets yoinked out by Kanba, who has been invited by mysterious text to show up at this restaurant at eleven. I wonder who could have sent it to him. He speculates about who else knows about us. Perhaps there are others going after the penguin drum. <laughs> or it could be and then a woman in a red heel shows up and immediately fucking immediately penguin one with a determined expression slides along the ground with a hand mirror positioned to look up her skirt just this penguin is a sex offender yeah. and should be stopped the woman takes her sunglasses off and says it's been a while Kanba. I catch time and as we restart it turns out the woman was actually three women. There were two others hiding behind her. And apparently they just pranked him. Yeah, it turns out this is the Kanba's League of Evil Ex-Girlfriends. Ikuhara decided that he really liked John Tucker Must Die and he wanted to incorporate it into this anime. So Kanba's exes have all formed the Association of Romantic Victims of Kanba Takakura. Everyone raise your hand if you've been personally victimized by Kanba Takakura. I feel like I've been personally victimized by Penguin 1. Does that count? We yes. were watching this together over dinner, and I literally said out loud, oh, it's the, it's the League of, oh, what is she, the from the League of Evil Ex-Girlfriends? And then they literally <laughs> said, we formed the Association of Romantic Victims. <laughs> By the way, the Penguin is still trying to get an angle on that hand mirror under their skirts. It's awful! They, they keep showing that. Kanba, for his part, acts disinterested. Uh, and they mentioned that Kuho called upon them to join. If you remember, Asami Kuho is the model who got brought up in an earlier episode who Kanba dumped. Which I guess I assumed was the girl in the middle? And apparently, uh, they are gathering the poor girls deceived by Kanba to protest. God! He's <sighs> showing Penguin 1! Penguin 1 gets booted, which seems like it should be justice, but... It doesn't. It doesn't make it any better. It's the trope older than feudalism. <laughs> they say that they're going to get Kamba to take responsibility for toying with their pure hearts. To which Kamba responds, oh no, the consequences of my own actions. <laughs> Divine retribution, indeed. Kamba reaping. Fuck yeah. Kamba sowing. Oh no. Other way around. That's what I meant. <laughs> Listen, it's been a long day. <laughs> For all of us, yes. I was I was prepared to just accept your version of it as the new version. I don't know what words mean is the problem. And I will support you through not knowing. Thank you. Anyway, the birds fly away. 
An entire crowd of identically watched, watched birders see them go, and Ringo blames Shoma for smelling bad. And Yuri just goes like, well, it's fine. Let's just chill and relax and do a walking date. I would love to just spend a day walking around. Tabuki, you're really great. And Tabuki just giggles, and Ringo is destroyed by the fact that this older woman is way smoother than she is. <laughs> and she declares she will use her secret weapon, the special deluxe picnic lunch. So how about we have lunch soon? She, yeah, she suggests they all have lunch, and three crows and penguin, too, have already eaten everything. And Ringo is devastated, and honestly, I would be, too. Yeah, hard not to feel for her a little in this case. Uh, she accuses <laughs> Sho, who just responds, what the heck are you talking about? You told me to put it there. By the way, uh, as a great running gag here, all of the birders who were you know, previously shown in the establishing shot, you can see a couple of them, like, now watching this absolute mess with their binoculars. <laughs> because the birds are gone, so this is now the most interesting thing here. And in a great little moment of fluid animation... As Sho is pointing his finger angrily, Ringo zooms in from out of frame and just punches it, causing incredible pain to him, and then <laughs> falls to her knees, messing with her hair as she angrily insists that we all have to have lunch at 1230. And Yuri says, not to worry, I have a lunch that we can eat. <laughs> and it's just a beautiful little picnic lunch. It really is. Everything's little Tupperware containers. Yuri says she just made it from leftovers in her fridge and says it can't possibly compare to Ringo's lunch. Which, ouch. Ringo, Ringo knows she's lying. insists that she probably just bought all this from a store and repacked it. <laughs> Entirely possible, given what you can get at Konbini, but still. Yeah. But, yeah, just seems like it's a good little lunch. And Yuri just offers Ringo a plate in the most savage move I could think of. Meanwhile, Ringo is just seething. And has been launched into yet another fantasy. Seething, coping, etc., etc. Screaming, crying, throwing up. You know. uh, by the way, the Marie Antoinette musical continues with a bit of Yuri singing, if they have no bread, let them eat cake. Go and take a fabulous lunch. Enjoy my homemade lunch. Shoma is now part of the fantasy as a butler, by the way. It's very funny. Tabuki just Jojo poses to express how much he loves these sandwiches. <laughs> it's truly a sunshiny miracle. That's such a beautiful lunch. She offers everyone octopus-shaped wieners and lots of sweets. Ringo is just utterly destroyed because this is her prediction, but not like this. Not like this. But luckily, fate is still on her side. By the way, all the bird watchers are still watching them. <laughs> Sometimes the birds watch back. It's three o'clock. I practically won so long as I can accomplish this mission. They've been walking two and a half hours. So what is Ringo's secret plan? Well, she flashes into a fantasy to tell it to a weird tree. <laughs> At three o'clock, she will be squeezed and Tabuki will breathe on her neck. And she explains her plan to this strange tree. She has a caterpillar in a jar. And she is going to put it on her and act scared of the caterpillar. And Tabuki will absolutely save her. And in doing so, his hand will clasp her shoulder. Their eyes will meet and they'll fall in love. That's destiny. Which, anyway, Rose of Versailles gets referenced in dialogue by yeah. characters. And they show this whole sequence in the fantasy, but, like, this is something she's actually doing. She really <laughs> is putting a caterpillar on her own shoulder. Tabuki is charges forward on his, his stallion to save her, and a snake leaps out of the tree, wraps around Ringo's neck, knocks the caterpillar onto Marie Antoinette slash Yuri's hand, and Shoma yells, ignore that peasant and save her! Tabuki says, come with me to a drugstore. Let's go buy an ointment. <laughs> yes. Showa is still in the fantasy. Harry Beast, you must be a spy for the Revolutionary Committee. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best joke in the episode. So while they are recovering from this caterpillar incident and penguin number two digs in the trash for more to eat, Yuri says the utterly devastating line, by the way, thanks for the curry yesterday. 
It wasn't bad. Tabuki praised it. Your cooking was wonderful, Yuri. Oh, I dispose of your shoes, so don't worry. Absolutely showing her hand here. She absolutely knows Ringo is targeting Tabuki, and she's just res- just throwing down the gauntlet of like, "Come at me if you think you if you've got what it takes," but you don't. <laughs> I can't believe that um, Ikuni made them put a Bake Monogatari character into this anime. Like, all she needs to do is the weird shaft look where her, like, she's looking up but also sideways at you. It would be perfect. Yeah, the shaft head yeah. tilt. Yeah, it's like, that's all that's missing from this being a uh, Bakemonogatari um, character. Yeah. And we see, <laughs> in this scene, Ringo is sitting sadly on the bench and off to her right, or... Our right, her left, is the snake kind of like comedically slithering away very slowly. And it's a really good bit of physical comedy. Yeah. Ringo is destroyed as she watches Tabuki rub ointment into Yuri's hand. So apparently this caterpillar is some... I'm guessing this is one of those caterpillars that like irritates your skin. Yeah, poisonous caterpillar. Yeah, so she was intentionally putting a poisonous caterpillar on herself yeah. to try and get Tabuki's attention. So bearing in mind, again, Ringo's problem is a little extreme. Shoma looks over her shoulder and realizes she has time-stamped everything in this diary and wonders if this was today's plan. And at 4 p.m., he reads the lines, First kiss by the pond. It is when that when he realizes... There's only 15 minutes until four. Yep. Except that Ringo will not be denied and decides to take her own life into her hands and show her resolve. Once again, what's the the phrase? Uh, put her courage in the sticking place or whatever. You said Screw that last episode. The sticking point, yeah. What was it? Screw her courage to the sticking point. Yeah, you said that last episode. Yep. She resolves that she's going to kiss Tabuki by four o'clock no matter what. Also, I love the way, like, that drawing is done from the perspective it's done with. Because between the rumpled up sleeves, she is drawn slightly off model there to just convey how absolutely off the rails she has gone. Well, it's funny you say off the rails because she's in fact standing up on the rail of the bridge. Yep. Or Yelling about destiny. But yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's just a little observation dock for the pond, because I don't think it has a, a walking bridge going over it. Okay. Yeah. So she imagines this going like, oh, I'm going to go into the water, and my prince will come rescue me. The only way to break the evil witch's spell is a kiss. So she is hoping to mouth-to-mouth Tabuki by getting him to save her from drowning. This is a calculated risk, and unfortunately Ringo's really bad at math. <laughs> so as she's about to leap into the water the skunks raise her again twice in one day and she freaks out and falls into the water and flails only to realize tabuki has fucking walked away because he's showing yuri more birds by the way as they're walking away i don't know if you guys caught this but He's telling her about how baby chicks get really attached to kind of the first person they see. Which I feel like <laughs> is extremely unsubtle. Yeah. A bit, yeah. I didn't actually notice that that's what he said, but yeah. And Shoma is uh, looking at Ringo's diary. And speculating whether her fate is, ri- whether her fate is really written down there. But he anyway, sees uh, she goes up in water with her, her hand like... The last thing staying above water. Shoma's jaw drops entirely to the ground. Yep. <laughs> That's a Looney Tunes level comedy. It's great. Oh, it's really good. Ringo just realizes, I'm going to die over this dumbass plan. And we get this great fake out as Penguin number two appears to be swimming down to save her. And as Ringo speculates... And apologizes to her mother for not being able to follow her fate. I wonder if we'll get more information about that later. She also wonders what dad is doing. So I guess her dad left. Yeah, that would explain that. The implication that we get. And explains a lot, really. Yep. And (laughs) Penguin number two just grabs a fish and tails it back to the surface. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) It's such a good joke. 
<laughs> like, All right, well, go on, I need to see you later. Take some time for like, oh, it, it can save her. No. No, this little bastard will never do anything useful for anyone. And on uh, on the ground, we see someone has saved Ringo and is going in to give her mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. We get a shot of the penguin uh, enjoying his fish. And, gee, I wonder who it could be doing the mouth-to-mouth. It is heavily in shadow, so we are not supposed to know who this is yet. But gee, I, w- I wonder who it could be, given how far away Tabuki was. <laughs> uh, speaking of Tabuki, uh, he does shake Ringo awake. When she comes to, he is like over top of her. Yep, first thing she sees. And Tabuki mentions that he's really relieved and says, Hey, you fell in the pond and really nearly drowned. I was really scared for you. The whole crowd of bird watchers is standing there. And Tabuki mentions that you got CPR right away. And a little kid with the bird watchers goes that that girl was kissing that boy earlier what he actually says is that one saw that one's son was kissing that one son <laughs> and because he specifically phrases it like that ringo naturally assumes he's talking about tabuki because what other boy here could be an onisan <laughs> not realizing that if she is an onisan to this kid shoma would also be onisan yeah Meanwhile, uh, over at the water fountain, Yuri is talking to Shoma, who is getting some water and who was clearly the one to save Ringo from the pond. Yep, he he has his shirt off now because he got it wet from diving into the water after her. Well, he has Ringo's shirt off. Yeah, that's <laughs> what to say. He says, damn it, why did I have to go through all this? Yuri just tells him that he saved the day, Mr. Lifeguard. And praises him for dramatically saving her. You jumped in the pond, even gave her CPR in case there was any doubt. Yep. And uh, we actually see from the flashback, uh, Shoma is, the way Shoma's doing CPR there, he's doing it correctly. So uh, Shoma fucking took some life-saving classes. Uh, Props to him. Yeah, I mean, I guess when you have a a sibling that has like a chronic illness, that you probably would try to make sure that you know some sort of uh, emergency yeah, behavior. Yeah, that's true. We get a shot over to the diary again. Yes, but was it really for the best? Yeah, we see uh, Asami on the phone long after the confrontation with Kamba. She's talking to someone and says, yes, but was it really for the best? I feel like I made him think I'm a troublesome woman. I guess I'll have to crush him soon, says the other person. Don't worry. It's part of the plan. We see the person that she's talking to is like in a big fancy room, but it's very in shadow. Like the lights are off, but the person is next to a window. I think we can safely say that this is a woman. Yep. Uh, This is specifically looking at the outfit there and the silhouette. This is the woman from the opening sequence who we haven't met yet with the gun that shoots little spear-shaped bullets. Yes. Speaking of tools of murder as i don't know if she's supposed to be asami i'm kind of wondering if the woman on the phone will end up being asami yeah maybe we'll find out soon yeah we will we will certainly find out but whoever our our mystery woman is who invited kanba to the diner she is traveling down an escalator when she is suddenly from behind pushed by someone wearing a tan jacket we can surmise this is probably not Ringo because again we just saw yeah someone who looked very close to this and but we do hear Ringo saying uh 21 p.m so that would be that's three hours before midnight so that would be 9 p.m at at Akasaka Mitsuke station the girl in red heels on the escalator which is a detail she would have no way of knowing about or planning in advance she, she does her her little her peach destiny stamp. So Ringo's diary does, in fact, seem to be able to tell the future definitively. My favorite thing about this little song is that one of the lines is just, I've had enough of being sad. <laughs> <laughs> Big mood. Yep. I'm fed up with this sad. I, I like this one a lot better than the one before. Yeah? Mostly because I, I really appreciate that this one has a little more of a 
it has a little more of narrative direction. I had been a little worried that the early episodes of Penguin Drum were going to meander a bit, and I feel like we're actually moving here. Yeah. We also, by the way, I think that we're getting a third player. I have some suspicions about the nature of the diary, and I have some suspicions about Miss Max, Fabulous Max. (laughs) Next episode, could you let me borrow that notebook, is said over a shot of... one of the two, I think that's Penguin 2, uh, resisting the driving winds of a typhoon. The Bate little guy. And then we get a drawing of Ringo done by Lily Hoshino. As Ringo specifically as the princess, and the caption is, shall we initiate the survival strategy, which... Yeah, notably, we did not get a survival yeah. tactic this episode. Which I'm... I'm broken by, honestly. It's the only thing this episode's missing. (laughs) So how do we feel? I think we all liked this. This was pretty good. I like this one. The the penguins are, well, specifically, uh, mostly uh, Kanba's penguin being terrible (laughs) is getting a little old. But I'm enjoying the other penguin antics because they are still pretty good. Yeah, penguin penguin number two, uh, we stand an adorable, useless boy. And uh, I genuinely hope he continues to be in our lives. Uh, penguin number one can just go away and the show would be improved by him uh, leaving right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm liking I'm, I'm liking Ringo a lot more. She is, she's fun. She's a more like, like now that we've gotten a little bit more of her and her perspective here, I'm liking her a lot more. Yeah. I am, I'm liking Penguin Drum. I'm still kind of waiting for it to go full, I'm still kind of waiting for it to go full Batshit Akuni, which I feel like is probably not the right way to watch this. You're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, I'm starting to understand why I think a lot of people in the West fell off this show. Uh-huh. Not because it was bad, but because I think a lot of people might have or probably did have a reaction similar to mine here, <laughs> where if they had, if what they had knew him for was Uthna, they're expecting something weird to be happening, like, mm-hmm. about now. <laughs> like, weirder than this. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I went into this episode with uh, extremely mid-hopes, and I was going to say that other than the musical sequence, I was extremely mid-rewarded, except a murder happened now. <laughs> and now I'm like, shit, Moaru Penguin Drum is such a better show and I know people are going to die. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not kidding. I'm actually not kidding. The hook for me on this is someone involved in this is doing murders for some reason which means there are stakes beyond the you'll notice that like there's not really one of the things that doesn't really come up or isn't really said up until this point this is deliberate i think we haven't been told what the time limit for obtaining the penguin drum is yeah presumably there is one we know there has to be some kind of thing here because otherwise the hat wouldn't be so insistent but as far as, like, what the, the ticking clock is, it's not something we have the the details for yet. We can guess. I've been guessing for a while that, in some way, Kanba is kind of, like, basically getting time shaved off the end of his life to transfer over to Himari, and that's why Shoma keeps getting dropped out right before the survival strategy gets initiated. Hmm. We'll have to see. Which would fit with the whole idea of, like, with real penguins, the survival tactic they do is when it's freezing outside, they huddle together and they take turns being on the outside of the huddle where the winds are harshest. Uh Uh-huh. So I've kind of speculated that, but, like, we don't actually know that. This is so far just my theory. Uh Uh-huh. And if, and the show has, like, kind of not deliberately not given us a clock on that. And I guess why this excites me so much is that means the stakes up until this point were kind of vague beyond the idea of if they don't do this at some point, Himari will die. Mm-hmm. Now we know whether they do this or not soon, someone else is involved with this. Someone else has 
ambitions targeting Kanba and in some fashion, and they are bad enough ambitions that a murder was just attempted to somehow get to get to him in some way, which like, damn, we're in a show now. (laughs) There's a plot, there's stakes, there's an antagonist. I knew you wouldn't let me down, Ikuhara. I knew if I just let you go for it. I did not know. (laughs) I I did not know. I was a little worried. I'm excited to see where this goes. I am am too. I, I genuinely hope that the murder to episode quotient uh, increasing over time will uh, only improve Moiru Penguin Drum. Do we have any final thoughts? <laughs> Alex, how about you? I like Penguin. Penguin good. Alright, listeners, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at Utsunaikast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Alice. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. You recently did a thing. Do you want to plug it? Uh, I did? Your interview thing on horse, on on Russian radio. Um, yeah, I got interviewed on, um, so like, I, I can, I will give anybody who asked me the link to this, but you can also find it yourself, everhoof.ru. I got interviewed by a Russian language internet radio show in the Russian Pony Fandom, which is a fascinating and wonderful group. By little, I mean lots of people. (laughs) And that is up on YouTube now. You could probably find it by looking me up. But if you want a link, I will send it to you. It is pretty good. And you can hear me translate into Russian. And I sound way cooler in Russian. Objectively, way cooler. You've just got to learn Russian so you can do an interview with them in their native language. I cannot roll my R's. If, I believe if, in you. If someone is like, learn how to roll R's, or um, I'm going to drop you with that of acid, I'm just going to tell them to do it quick. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving forward. Cass, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yes, I do. Uh, do you like real robots, cool robots, and real cool robots? Then you would like Alice and I's podcast, Big Steppy, which will be reviving soon. You can find the show's official Twitter account, at SteppyCast. And uh, we should have a bunch of episodes that were briefly offline uh, coming back on here pretty soon. Yeah! Also, we have a new episode about to go up, I believe. And if you would like to get in contact with us, if you would like to come on this show, you can contact us on Twitter or at the Google form in our pinned tweet, or you can email us at imagineandusna at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this show, you can do that for as little as a single dollar per month at utanicast.com. And uh, I always, episodes that go up in the Patreon feed almost always have extra jokes or things that I have cut out of the public release episode uh and i don't always say that there's extra content you just have to know you just have to to check it out on the patreon so i feel like i had another thing to plug here but uh you know what i'm just gonna i think that's it i think that's all the things are we just gonna say survival tactic survival strategy which one do we want to say you guys pick and I'll try and pretend that I remembered the timing. <laughs> survival tactic. All right. On three, we'll say survival tactic. All right. One, two, three. Survival, survival tactic! tactic. Tactic. One day we'll get it. I'm so bad at it. <laughs>